That should work now. All right, everyone, welcome to the Cell Mars Episode 1 podcast. I'm your host, Rex the Killer 6, with my co host, One Way Hot Guy, and my guest, Mad Viking King. How is your guys' day today? Uh, doing all right. Not too shabby. Happy yeah, to not be shabby. Here. Happy to be here. All right. So, um, uh, NVK. You. What made you want to start to go into the military? Oh, we're just diving on in. Oh, uh, I didn't always want to go in the military. Um, it was like probably my junior year. Uh, I left a uh, band and I went into JRTC thinking, uh, you know, why not give it a shot? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then when I went into JRTC, I, um, I started to really like it. And then the recruiters for senior year, like senior year was a time where everyone's trying to figure out what they want to do or who they want to be in life. Uh, you know, am I going to college? Am I just going to go to this job? So I think it was about mid senior year that I did sign up. Uh, everything was ready. And they told me as soon as I graduate, like the next day that I'm going to be shipped off to basic training. Um, I wanted to pay off for college because I wanted to originally be a game designer. Uh, ever since I was a kid, I've always wanted to be a game designer. I thought it'd be kind of a cool experience. So um, I went into the military, uh, did my basic, did everything, and then I ended up getting hurt and stuff. But yeah, that's why I wanted to join. I wanted to, I wanted to do it also because my brother joined and my uh, my stepfather joined as well. So, I mean, I just kind of wanted to keep the lineage going, and they were really proud of me. Uh, I was really proud of myself. I've never left home before, so it was definitely it was definitely a big decision, but I was very excited for what had, you know, a new chapter in my life. Mm-hmm. What yeah. was, like, your first week like so, during it? Let's, uh, let's follow that on. What was your time like in BASIC? Oh God, basic training. Um, I'm not gonna lie, transitioning from civilian to military is a huge change. Uh the whole foundation in the military, there's a chain of command you have to follow. There is more professionalism that is being, you know, that is required of you. Um, because the public eye is always seeing you. I think day one, I think um when we first got there, we're in our civvies. I got to Fort Benning and literally I was shaking my boots. Like it was all quiet. Like everyone's standing at attention or trying to, cause we didn't know what attention really was. Cause they didn't teach us. Like you learn everything in basic, you learn, um, you know, you learn how to salute, you learn parade rest, you learn how to stand at attention. Um, getting your military bearing was probably the hardest thing. Cause I like to talk. Um, but they break you down to build you up. Um, I, we stayed over because there's a uh, – you don't just go to basic training. There's a little area where they outfit you with your uh, gear, and they give you your uniform. They give you um, everything you really need. And so um, that part was interesting. Like Everyone was so excited when they first got their uniform. They're like, yeah, man, we're badasses. Um, it was uh, – man it was just so rushed like it it went like a blink of an eye really 
So it was very enduring and it was, it was a struggle. It was uh, something that I've never done before. I had to adapt to it, but first week was the hardest. Uh, there's a thing called red phase. There's different types of phases and red phase. You got smoked. Um, we had to carry like our bags over our head. I had three, three drill sergeants in my face spitting on me, you know, calling me things that I can't say right now. Um, it was very stressful. Very stressful. I, I, mean, <laughs> I remember. I remember red. Um, I remember for, uh, red phase pretty well for myself. I I got smoked just for looking in the wrong direction. Oh yeah. Oh no, it was no joke. And I it, breathed wrong. Oh yeah, yeah, that happens. <laughs> uh, the impossible task I really liked. Uh, we had this thing called the tree of woe. And uh, they made us run to it, run back, do push-ups, run to it, run back. Like, it was physically and mentally exhausting. Um, at the time, I was like 110 pounds. They had me on not double rations, but triple rations. So I had to eat three times every meal. So that was like three times three. That's nine meals in a day. Um, we puked it all up um, because afterwards we'd have a smoke session after we went to the you know mess hall. Um, yeah, it was a it was definitely a painful transition, <laughs> but I had so much fun. Like, I mean, th- there was a lot of fun. I think uh, basic and OSA, uh, it's OSA training for Eleven Bravo Infantry. Um, it was just a lot of fun. You get to learn teamwork. Um, I mean, it has shitty moments when you had a smoke session, but you kind of got used to it after red phase. It was it became second nature. It's like, all right, fucking front lane rest position, move. It, it kind of, you know, uh, after, like, it's just like, everyone's like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was definitely a highlight in my life. Uh, I s- that. Oh, uh, right. yes, sir. I just saw the alert pop up in, in, in chat here. Uh, we are doing this as a bit of a fundraiser for Shellback Tech, who is actually in the chat. And as you can see on Mad Viking King's jersey. Yes. Uh, uh, Rex and I had discussed about having the veterans pick a charity themselves that they support wholeheartedly. I guess speaking and anything of... that's... Wrong button. <laughs> There's an easy way to fix that. and It's All on the right. fly. So, uh, what's wrong? Let's get this going again. Your overlay for the donation goal, yeah, is actually not cut that. Is actually not on top. Odd. So bring up OBS real yeah, quick and just do. click and drag the the yeah, tilt drag the, overlay. Drag the tilt oh, fire overlay uh, to, to the top. It has anymore. to be above us. Oh. Yeah, you're good. Y'all got nothing. In my time, I ate a single mill tie for every mill. I went from 265 to 192, yeah. just over boot camp. See, this, the, the, like, I will say this. I will say this, Travis. There you um, go. Um, My, uh, <laughs> so, like, with me, it was, like, the opposite. I wasn't trying to lose weight. They tried to gain weight. I went from 110, and then after 14 weeks, oh, my God, dude. Like, I went from 110 to, like, 185. Like, I beefed the fuck up. <laughs> like, it was, yeah, it was, um, it was definitely an experience, for sure. Um, but I will say, um, 
when it comes to Shellback Tech, if you guys don't know who he is, I'm just going to go ahead and point it out. Is by far my favorite charity of all time. Um, not only uh, has it impacted my life and other things, but it has impacted a whole bunch of lives when it comes to disabled veterans and disabled first responders. They are given customized PCs that he builds. Um, there's a verification process for it. So please, 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 if you are able to um, donate, uh, you're helping out in so many ways more than one. It's not just gaming and streaming. These PCs can do so much more. And it helps with our mental health. It helps overcome our disabilities because we're not our disabilities uh, at the end of the day. So if you guys want to, please do so. I just had to get that out of the way. So, so, oh, okay. This, so, this leads into an interesting, uh, interesting segue here because, uh, you did one station unit training. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you it got, was all you in got, Fort Benning. You got overly exposed to MREs. I wouldn't say, well, I mean, I mean, haven't we all though? Like, as in my, in my experience, like, the whole MRE thing, first off, I had MREs beforehand uh, in Boy Scouts, and I already loved them. I already know how to use them, like prep my meals. I actually had to teach some guys how to heat up the packs. All you got to do is put water in it, but whatever. Um, no. Was we overly exposed? I Yes and no. They At the time, they did have PX trucks that we could use towards the end of training uh, for cliff bars. Cliff bars are the shit. I love them. Um, so we always went, we always got those when we could, but MREs. Yeah. Uh, majority of my military career, we was in the field. We was not in the rear In the rear is just another term analogy that we use for being back on post. But majority of my military was in the field. What was like, your, um, it was, yeah. Go ahead. What was your favorite and least favorite MRE? My favorite MRE of all time has to be the one that everyone hates. And it's the Ratatouille. Everybody like left that in the box and I grabbed it. Actually, I don't I don't hate that one. I loved it. Like, because everybody would just scoop up their favorites and then I would be the last guy, and there was always Ratatouille there. So I kinda it was like meant to be. Like it just was there. Now the worst one had to be the Asian style uh MRE for me. Like that one was bad. I think it was um Oh God! Well, I forget what it's called. Uh, like Asian style beef or something like it that. It tasted like cardboard or wasabi. Almost. It had like wasabi in it and all this other crap. It was just garbage. Yeah, that's the worst one. You don't want that one. And I've had it. Like <laughs> I've, I, there's been instances where I was in the field and you're just like, all right, well, tough shit. You're you're stuck with this one. I'm like, well, so that was my favorite and worst probably. Hmm. Um, and then what was your favorite? Oh, what? Yes, sir. That's an interesting one from Shellback. I ate cereal with whole milk, scrambled eggs. No, no. Wait, Uh, scroll down. Oh, chili mac, veggie, um, yeah, the veggie. No, actually, Travis makes a good point. The veggie, the veggie MRE was fucking awful. It was disgusting. You had to mix it with something. Oh my god, Tabasco sauce. I'm telling you right now, ladies and gentlemen, Tabasco <laughs> sauce in the field was the shit. Like, we just put Tabasco on everything. everything. I used to steal other people's Tabasco sauce. We would bring, like, a giant one after basic, and we would just, like, have it on us. We would just put it in our um, rucks- rook. 
every time, every time. Uh, what's your favorite basic training story? Oh, the private, I call it the private pile moment. So it was day one. We get into our platoon bay area and there's a center of the room. It's called the kill zone. You don't go in the kill zone unless the drill sergeant says so. So, and that was to train us because, you know, the kill zone, it has to do with military tactics and strategy. There was a reason behind it. And this man, we were like, the drill sergeant goes in his office and we were all standing at attention. He's like, don't you fucking move. This guy was crying. He was probably like, I would say 28. He was overweight um, and he was crying. And he walks over to the drill sergeant's door and he, and we're just like, dude, dude, no, like, no, like, don't, don't do it. And he fucking knocks on it. And, and drill sergeant's like, what the fuck are you doing, private? He's like, did you associate? <laughs> I, I, I didn't, I thought this was going to be like Call of Duty. And he's like, bullshit, mother. And like, he just went off, puts him in the center of the kill zone. And we're, we literally got smoked for two and a half hours. And we just literally are just stuck in the front lane rest position. It got to muscle failure. It We were sweating. We had to clean it up afterwards. Like, it was absolutely miserable. The second story on top of that, I know you just said my favorite, but there's kind of like two, is when a guy literally climbed up. You guys know those uh, foams that they have on the top of the ceiling sometimes with the rafts? Yeah. So he mm-hmm. took off, he took that off. And he tried to sneak into the drill sergeant's office to get his phone back to talk to his wife. And he busted down and fell through the drill sergeant's ceiling. Like, just collapsed. Because he was a big boy, man. Like, he probably weighed a solid, I don't know, like 220. And uh, so all three drill sergeants from, like, you know, the entire company, uh, they, they came on in. Oh, dude, it was a shit show. Oh my God. It was, we were up all night cleaning that shit up, getting smoked, yelled at. Um, I believe he did not make it. And people that didn't make it through basic, we crossed their names off. So those are my favorite stories. Some of them. There's definitely more, but they are not appropriate at all. <laughs> there's, there's definitely stories. <laughs> oh, I could, I still. I still have one of my favorite stories and For I have sure. many stories that I can, that I can actually share because yeah. I do know Rex's plan is to turn, turn me into <laughs> one of these eventually. Oh, uh, eventually. So this was day, I, I wouldn't even call it day zero. It was day one. And, okay. you know, we had been there one full, one full night. We go to breakfast, okay. and our chow halls were our chow halls were split between two companies. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I was Alpha Company. I think we split with Delta, if I remember correctly. And we go in. We eat our breakfast. I didn't know it at the time, but one of the people in my platoon fell in with Delta Company. Oh, I've had I've had this happen. I, <laughs> yeah. The drill sergeant figured it out, told him to keep him over oh there. Oh my god, yes. We go through half of the day. Oh no. And this is a punishment that I was willing to take because you know, yes, I, I didn't want to ask and be that 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 blue falcon type. Yeah. But I wanted to ask 
because I knew it was the right thing to do. Oh, boy. So I was stuck between a rock and a hard place. <laughs> so, you know, I took the punishment when we finally figured it out because uh, we were mar- marching back to the barracks and the drill sergeant stops us. Mm-hmm. Looks at this guy's battle buddy and goes, hey, where's so-and-so? All the time battle buddy, man. Uh, I know it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh God. well, I happen to know where he is. After 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 breakfast, he fell in with Delta Company. <laughs> <laughs> so our battle buddies like a buddy system, basically. Yeah. So yeah. the whole reason you have a battle, so like when you first get there, it's like literally day one. You're whoever you're bunked with. That's your battle buddy. Like I was bunked with somebody in the band. Yeah, like, so whoever you're bunked with, that's your battle buddy, and you have to know where they go at all times. If they're going to the latrine, if they're uh, in the shitter, like, whatever the case may be, you have to know where they're at all times, and they need to be by your side. And you get and you get quizzed. Yeah, and you get quizzed about Heavily. it, too. Like, they're like, uh, learn a little bit about your battle buddy, and they're like, basically, you're making a friend. That That's the best way to put about it. Um, now, I will say, when you get out of the military... I still have battle buddies. Hawkeye's one of them. I haven't Sandy Welcome, Shellback, Death Seepel. I have a bunch of battle buddies that I still check on um, because of that, but we'll save that for later in the podcast. Um, I guess the other one, and keep in mind, I have plenty of these freaking stories that I could actually we all do. choose from. We all do. We all do. Uh, was when we, when we did Pugil Sticks. They faced me against my battle buddy, and my battle buddy was... Uh, He's a big boy? He was a couple times my size. <laughs> so... <laughs> I, know this I got I got maybe two good shots in, and he just rears up and whacks me across the face. I love it. That's love not it. good. I fall backwards on my ass and look up. Drill sergeant goes, you Okay. <laughs> Roger, <Joseph. laughs> I didn't say anything. I just awesome. ripped the helmet off, handed it to the next person, and then the drill sergeant. All the drill sergeants uh, found it funny, and the because we had two drill sergeants for my platoon. Yeah, my the second drill sergeant was a tanker. Right. Oh God. <laughs> and he organized a match between me. And the biggest guy from 4th Platoon. Every time it happened. It was 189 pounds. Oh my god. This guy was 250. Jesus. And built like a fucking brick shit house. That's amazing. I got half a shot in and got laid on my... <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, so Brunt, what made you want to go into content creating? Well, this is going to be a lengthy answer. Um, I actually explained a little bit about it in my, um, in my own channel, um, last night. So content creating, um, when I was a kid, let's start with the beginning. When I was a kid, uh, me and my brother, he played a lot of single player games and at the time, you know, like, you know, Xbox 360 and stuff like that, but even PlayStation games, they had a bunch of single-player games. But I always commentated. Like, he always asked me if I wanted to play the game with him, 
But I said, no, I want to watch you play. I was already fascinated watching video games well before Twitch was even like, well before I even knew about Twitch, YouTube, Let's Plays, all that stuff. And I would like make up these voices. I would make up these like ridiculous scenarios. So I was kind of already like doing this before I even thought about it. And then after the military, I got uh, medically discharged in 2017. I tried civilian jobs all the way up to 2019. And around, uh, let's see, January, February, March, April, May, June. So like around April, yeah, it was around April. My brothers, um, they said, okay, you can't work a civilian job. All you do is play video games every single day, making, you know, your military disability paycheck. Like, is there anything you want to do? I said, why don't you try like streaming, playing video games? You love to do this. You were good at commentating. Why not do this? And my brothers really pushed me to do it. And also a man named Barrow Sapien. Uh, when I did find out what Twitch was, I watched the streams and I thought it was so cool that you could just put music in the background, get a green screen and play a game and talk to people. I've always like around junior year, like I've always been that kind of guy that's always just loves conversation with other people, learning their stories, learning a little bit about them, joking with them, having a great time. And just being in that environment was so amazing. So I started streaming as prior goes four, five, six. It was my uh, Xbox gamer tag at the time had no meaning. And that's, I think that's what really got me into content creating was I wanted to do something like that. Like I wanted to, the foundation, I believe, which is still the foundation of my channel is I wanted to do charity events. I still wanted to serve my country. Even if I couldn't do it through the military, I wanted to help others in other ways, but in order to do that, I knew I had to build a community. So that's where, that's where it kind of started. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I wish going back to Shellbat Tech then, because you mentioned how you like to help out charities and stuff. What has Shellbat Tech done for you? God, where do I even begin with Travis? Travis Peacock, a.k.a. Shellback Tech. So back, I want to say, towards the end of 2019, I've already established some friends on this platform. And there was a guy named Rock Air Muin, And he told me about this guy who builds PCs, customized PCs for disabled veterans and disabled first responders. At first, I thought it was a scam. There's a lot of scams out there for veterans and active duty personnel. I thought this was just another one. I didn't believe it. He's like, all right, well, watch this unboxing video. And I watched it. No shit. It was legit. So immediately I'm like, oh my God, dude, my PC is a piece of shit. Like I could barely not create any content. All these ideas I had in my head, I couldn't do it with the system and the setup I had. So I immediately reach out to Travis and we start talking. We go through the verification process. I have to show him my DD-214, verifying that I am a vet and I am a disabled veteran. And we, we did that. And then he asked me some questions, you know, he's like, what's your favorite anime? What's your favorite TV show? What music are you into? What games uh, do you really like? And I answered all those questions. He's like, all right, man, let me do my thing. You're set up in the queue. You know, he already had a list of uh, disabled vets. He was already building PCs for. And at the time he was actually giving me hints. What my PC was actually going to be themed 
when copyright wasn't around because I listened to a lot of Metallica, a lot of heavy metal, death metal music, EDM, uh, stuff like that. Um, and I, every time I played Metallica on stream before DMCA happened, like he would just give hints and hints and hints like, man, do you really like Metallica Ride the Lightning? Because I told him that was my favorite album. And I was like, yeah, I love that band. And that was him giving me a hint on how he was going to build it. And now I have it. Like, the day came for me to I'll do my unboxing, and I broke. I, I still break every time I look at my PC. But I remember this that process, unboxing, too. Yeah, but during this process, something magical happened. Travis was also saying, because I told him, I said, hey, um, can I ask you something? Like, our friendship started a bond. This is where... Me and Travis really started a bond. And he's like, what's up, man? I said, I want to change my name. I want it to have meaning. He's like, okay, well, what do you like? I said, well, I really like Vikings. And at the time, I created these scenes, and I was known as, like, the hype man on Twitch, right? It was, like, the highlight of my uh, streaming career, content creating career, you know? And uh, he's like, all right, well, you're a little bit crazy, People are calling you the hype king and you're like Vikings. Why don't you call yourself Mad Viking King? So he actually helped me create that name, my new Twitch handle. So not only do I have a piece of Travis Peacock and his legacy and what he does with the charity, because this is before the charity. He was a fundraiser before he became 501C. And like, so not only that, but now Mad Viking King is still on my PC. And every time I look at it, I am still amazed on what I can do. I would not be where I'm at without Travis. I was in a very bad place mental health wise. And not only was he there as a fundraiser, but also he was there as a friend. Any upgrades, any ideas I had, he would help me. Any tech problems I had, he helped me. And he still has till this day. That's the same thing with me too, because I've talked with him numerous amounts of times on on this PC that I have now. Like literally I just texted him. Like we, you know, I, I don't contact him as much as I would like to, but he's busy working with the charity and I'm busy creating content. But overall, uh, I will always believe in Shellback tech. He literally saved my life. Um, the charity, like, you know, for me to be able to do what I do every single day, the content I create, the amount of things I download, he gave me enough storage for it. Um, I, I, I don't know where I'd be. You know, I got this Arazi chair. Uh, I got my keyboard, my mouse, my mouse pad. Uh, this Arazi desk uh, came with the PC. I mean, it was it was like a dream come true, you know. And then that's when I stepped up my game even further. So, mm. yeah. Um, how long have you been on the Twitch platform? Coming up three years. Uh, May 21st is when I started streaming, 2019. So, it'll be three years coming up. All right. And then if you're comfortable with sharing um, some things about your disability. Um. Yeah. Um, so my disability, um, I have seizures. I have stress-induced seizures. Uh, my blood pressure goes up, or if I really start to stress out, um, I end up having seizures. I have scoliosis. I have nerve damage in my shoulders, and my uh, hip flexors are messed up from the military. I served three years and uh, 17 weeks. I did one contract. And I ended up getting hurt while I was in the field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was your life like in the army? <laughs> um, life in the military is rough. I'm not gonna lie. Um, the hardest—I think the hardest part 
Well, first off, um, I uh, was supposed to go to an infantry company, but then the first sergeant came down the hallway and they set me on CQ because they didn't know what to do with me. I had orders to go to a Bravo company. But instead, first sergeant's going down the hallway. He's screaming, hooting, hollering, hey, hey, private, get your ass over here. I didn't know if it was a sergeant, first sergeant. I couldn't see his rank. I said, Roger, moving. I sprint down the hallway in our cough, uh, which is uh, basically like a built huge building that has all the different companies a part of that. So um, it's a part of that, you know, separate division in the, within the brigade. And I was, it was 3-7 Infantry was uh, it. And he was in the Delta Company. He's like, hey, man, you want to be a dragon, don't you? I said, uh, I guess so first. He's like, come with me, man. Come with me. And uh, Dragon Company, Delta Company, is about Humvees, you know, armored vehicles. So that's when it started. I literally was there. I had all my gear with me. Um, we He sent us out to the field. They were doing gunnery, which basically is target practicing with the Totu Bravo the 240 Bravo and a 50 cal. And at the time the 50 cal was still on top uh, and it was manned, but then they upgraded to a crow system, which is operated behind the driver's seat in a Humvee. And it's used like with a joystick. It has a monitor screen. It has IR and all that fancy shit. Um, the hardest part about the military was getting out. When I had seizures, um, I was very depressed it was very difficult because I got made fun of. Uh, it was the infantry where you're talking about guys who have no fucks to give. Like, it would make any civilian cry. Like, it's just it's just how it is. Like, I mean, you have assholes, and then there's a step above that. Mm-hmm. And they would call me shake, shake, shake. Um, it, it was just a really hard time. It took me a year and a half to get out. And I would still go to field operations, um, but... Overall, I think the military experience has helped me with my mindset. Um, it helped me. It helped me to who I become, who I am today. Yeah. So I think it was a good experience. I think that I wouldn't be half the man I was before I went in. When I was in high school, <clears> I was like a little shit. I I, I would go back and kick my own ass. <laughs> um, I'm definitely more appreciative, and I understand camaraderie on a whole new level that I've never have in a million years. So got a little bit of a follow-up here. Okay. And this is a qu- question that I'm pretty sure we've, both of us have been asked many times before. Yeah. If you had a chance and you could healthily do it all over again, would you? Yes. Even knowing what I know, even knowing I would get seizures and everything else, I'd still serve my country. Absolutely. Every time we're talking aside from oh. stress, aside from the disabilities, are you saying would I still be in? Yeah, I don't know. That's only because of the way it's structured now and the different SOPs and certain things I'm not going to go into because it leads into political um, topics. Um, I, I will say that if I could go back, if I didn't get medically discharged, I probably would have reenlisted one time. I probably would have reenlisted. I'll say that. Okay. I can say I was originally my plan was to enroll into some form of military, but um I don't qualify for military based on my asthma. Yeah. Um but yeah. yeah. That's a good question though. Thank you for asking. That's um 
I gotta look at my. I gotta look at our. You're good. You're good. Also, guys. On a side note, while they're doing that, thank you for being here. I really do appreciate this. Um, you know, this this is Rex's uh, first podcast, so huge shout out to everybody that's here, as well as you know, Shellback Tech. Um, I was told that you know, being a guest on here, all donations do go towards a charity of my choice. I immediately said Shellback Tech. So if you guys want to help that out, again, that charity builds customized PCs for disabled veterans and disabled first responders. Um, it's a great organization. I highly recommend you looking into it. If you have any questions about it, um, I can answer them. You can even shoot a DM to Shellback on his Twitter. It's Shellback underscore tech. He will reply as soon as he can. So thank you. Um, what skills did you learn in the service to use outside in the real world? Whew. Um, everything. Uh, literally everything. Uh, I would start with teamwork, leadership, confidence. Confidence was a big one. Public speaking. Uh, they kind of forced you on that one. Like you, you just, you know, you, you get more comfortable with yourself. I think I, my morals on how I perceive things and how things are. I think the military helped me with that a lot because something could be, like I'm more vigilant, I'm more self-aware of things. Um, you can ask any veteran or any uh, active duty personnel. We are aware of our surroundings more. Um, the training never goes away. It's still installed in my brain. I always like, you know, if I go to a restaurant or something else, I'm always like, you know, looking at the place, making sure I know my exits, everything else. But I think overall, the greatest thing about what I took out of the military was not only being able to serve my country, but also the friends, the friendship I made along the way. And man, I would say just like I, like everything else like I said, like I'm, I'm more self-aware of what's going on. I'm not blind to certain things. I'm not like a talking robot. Like I speak what's on my mind. I'm way more blunt. I don't go around the bush I say what I have to say, and then I move on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's helped me a lot because I feel like a lot of people wear a mask nowadays, especially now more than ever, whether it be social media, online personalities. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's not real. So if anything, it helped me achieve that and so much more. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite part of the Army? My favorite part of the Army? Yeah. Oh man, dude, going to the firing range at 110. 110%. Anytime that they said that we we're going to the firing range, I I was I was all pumped up. I got to shoot a 50 cal, I got to shoot a Toto Bravo, a live fire Toto Bravo, which is a tube optical wire guided missile. The maximum effective range is 4200 meters. Uh two uh what was it? Uh your M4, you know, just shooting brass and it's free. The only thing that wasn't the greatest was picking up the brass afterwards for accountability. <laughs> that, like, 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 because we had to keep track of our ammo. Like, there would literally be an ammo supply guy there. Like, we had to sleep there at the firing range. Um, but that was probably the greatest, man. Like, being out in the field, I think that's what it is. You asked me earlier what I got from the military. 
I think it's experiencing things with others and appreciating it that much more. So blood, sweat, and tears with the people that I was serving with alongside me, my platoon in the company and overall in the military. It ends up, it ends up developing more, more friendships along the way as well. And you know, like the military has a different foundation than civilian, like the transition. Oh, I'm like, I mean, if that's your next question, I don't know, whatever you got. But Um, Do you still have contact with any of those people? That you've I do met along the way in the military. I do. Um, I actually, when I was on, uh, when I took a vacation to go see my grandmother, while I was up there, I um, actually talked to uh, one of my good friends. His name is Walsnack. Um, he's still a specialist. Uh, he's still in the military. My buddy Lopez. Basically, like, because I, I got this tattoo with a couple of my friends. Some are no longer with us, unfortunately. Um, but um, they're always with me. And I hit them up on a regular basis, like at least like I'd say five or six times a year just to make sure everything's okay because they're busy. You know, like in the military life, it went by very quickly, like days turning like days, weeks, months, like you, we was always in the field. It literally a year would go by like that. So, you know, um, I'll never forget the friends I made in the military ever. I've actually seen him. Um, I went down to Florida to go see one of my buddies, Lopez. Uh, I've been up to Massachusetts to see my buddy, Walsnack. Um, some of my other friends, again, like I said, they're no longer with us. It's a shame, but um, they're still always going to be with me. All right. Yeah. Um, now, if people were to wanting to get into the military, what would you say for advice on that? Advice for people getting into the military. I would say, uh, number one, it's not Call of Duty. So stop that. Um, <laughs> it's it's not Call of Duty. Uh, the basic training SOPs have definitely changed a lot since I was in. I was one of the last cycles before they did change it dramatically. I would say that it's not, like, I'd say go in open-minded. Forget everything about what you know. Because military life is different than civilian. You are becoming a soldier. You're no longer a civilian. So as soon as you go to basic, forget everything. You act like you are an infant, like an actual child. And just listen. Do not talk back. You know, learn. And don't be afraid to ask questions. You're like drill sergeants supposed to be big and scary people. Do not be, do not hesitate because your hesitation could take someone's life. I know that seems a little bit morbid and a little bit blunt, but it is the it is the facts. It's and very you, it's like training is very serious. Like take your training serious. There's going to be people in there that joke around and stuff, which is fine. But when it's time to be serious, know when to be serious and know when to joke around. Don't get too comfortable. That's that's a big one. Do not get complacent. Also, that's, I, that's my advice. Also. Attention to detail is actually very, very key. That's it. That's the one. That's it. Yeah, I still have that from the military. Attention to detail. Like, every detail. Yes. Yes. <laughs> big, big. Yeah, you hit the nail on that one. Thank you for that. Um, big one. Have you, one. obviously, besides your disabilities, have you experienced any negatives from outside of leaving the military? Have I experienced negatives? 
I still have moments when um, I, I I got out, like I said, 2017. So I'm still fresh, as some vets would say. Um, the transition is the hardest part, I would say. Um, I have moments when I wake up and I'm like, I'm late for PT still sometimes. It rarely happens anymore. Um, negative effects. Other than my disabilities and everything else, no. I think the military made me who I am today, and I have no regrets. And I don't think, I don't think, the only thing that may be negative is the psychological warfare that veterans deal with on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Um, which doesn't, it's not a disability. That's just something you're going to have, especially, no matter no matter if you deployed overseas or not, um, when you're, when I mean, in the infantry, they train you to be a killer. It's that simple. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. That's what it is. So there are some negative effects, but there's more pros than cons. And I will always say that. Would you like to elaborate more on some of the pros? The pros is, like I said before, you're more self-aware. You're more attention to detail. You are professional when you need to be, and you joke when you can. You know the difference between the two. I think um, you listen a lot more. You don't really like talk. You're more observant about your surroundings. Um, the camaraderie, by far, the pro. Like you actually appreciate friendship even more. Like imagine you, right? Someone that has never served, and your friendships. Your value. You value your friendships, right? So imagine that, but multiply that by ten. Like, you would do anything for that person. You'd take a bullet for him. You'd be there, like, on a phone call. Like, you know, the battle buddy system is real. So that's a definite big pro. And also just appreciating life. Uh, doing, take, you know, going for your dreams. Um, you know, if anything, the military taught me how to open my mind. How to expand what's right in front of me. And how to set goals and everything else. How to achieve what I want. Not only about achieving the mission and completing the mission in an orderly fashion and being more organized to do so, but just managing things better. I I still value those cores. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And respect. (laughs) Respect, you know, like the army values, you know? Yep. Loyalty, you know, duty, respect, selfless service, um, personal courage honor integrity all that stuff man like it's just it's something that you will always carry and i'll carry always until the day i die um what was the dumbest or dumbest thing that you've done or someone else has done that you've seen in when you were in the military i'm gonna do the one that uh i ended up army what the fuck moments um the dumbest thing i ever did was uh i was told at a pre-deployment i was told a pre-deployment training site in Fort, Port, Fort Polk, Louisiana, to pull the rear security, which means cover the six, right? You cover that entire sector. All right? Now, I had a Humvee with a fucking 50 cal, but what is what, what, what do I do? I lay down in the ground with my M4 pointing that way, covering the six. My sergeant comes up to me, and he's like, what in the hell are you doing? I said, Sergeant, I'm pulling rear security. Like, you know, because platoon sergeant told me to. He's like, look up. 
I looked up. He tried he tried to tell me that I needed to like look up and see the crow, but I was like, Yeah, that's a branch. There's a squirrel on the branch. What do you want me to see? He's like, Oh my god, I'm going to and he starts like slapping his Kevlar helmet. He's like, Ah He's like, you know what? Just because you're you're this dull headed and this mindless body, I want you to lay down next to the crow system, which the crow system again has a fifty cal on top. And he's like, I want you to lay down next to it and pull security. I do so. Not knowingly, I see my platoon sergeant and my uh, my other platoon members taking pictures because they're making a meme out of this. And when the 50 cal isn't enough and it's still there, it's still there. And that's what the meme is when the 50 isn't enough. <laughs> so, yeah, that was like one of my few stories uh that i can say for myself when it comes to other people i won't disclose that because again it's definitely not appropriate when, but um when you I, were i've at, seen i've seen my fair share when you were at the firing range what was your favorite weapon to shoot uh, i love the mark 19 grenade launcher i love shooting the 50 uh when you're shooting a 50 cal uh you have to change the barrels because they do overheat uh, we changed a lot of barrels. Some of them even melted while we were there because they didn't change them. Some of the platoons. My favorite weapon to shoot, though, I really kept. I really was attached to my 240 Bravo. It is a um, belt-fed uh, gas-operated system. It shoots 7.62 millimeter rounds downrange, and it also has tracer rounds. That was just fun. That was the most common weapon we shot. But most fun, man, I don't know. The Mark 19 grenade launcher and the 50 cal, it's between those. That was so much fun. I miss that. Also, if anyone in chat has any questions for Brent, feel free to ask him away. Yeah. I said duty. (laughs) How mature. (laughs) (laughs) Paradox Buddha, it's good to see you, brother. Thank you for being here. Galleon, you as well. And anybody else? Rosh as well. Everybody, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But yeah, if anybody has any questions for me or if Hawkeye has any... Because Hawkeye's... If you guys don't know One Way Hawkeye, he's the co-host. Wait, is he over here? He's over here. He's the co-host, so... Uh, you you are right the first time. Well, I have so, a beard as majestic as yours. <laughs> I mean, buy it online. Yes, you can. It's possible. Join the Bearded Brotherhood. One of yes. the... I guess... I guess we could go into a portion where Brent and I just kind of, kind of trade stories. I mean, yeah, I'm out of questions. <laughs> we reassured the questions I'm I just, had. I'm just happy to be here. Honestly, I like when Rex uh, asked me to be a part of a podcast. I just love doing stuff like um, this because I guess was, I guess the one thing I can ask is, um, what kind of content do you do on your Twitch? Oh. Yeah, this is the time to talk about you. Uh-oh. Oh, what kind of content do I do? Uh, beard and banter. Mm, lots of memes. Lots of laughs. Uh, I do like to do a bunch of charity work. Um, the content, so Mondays are Indie Game Mondays. Wednesdays are Sci-Fi Wednesdays. Fridays and Saturdays are story-based games. Um, but I will pause the game if I see that the community really wants to talk. And we talk about a variety of different things. Lots of good, lots of channel points. They love shoving me inside of an elevator. That's a good one. That is true. Uh, Carl kicks down my door. A guy named Carl. They love him. Um. So yeah, that kind of content. Just and uh, then you got just, me jumping in with voice impressions. 
Yeah, yes, yes. I, I do do voice impressions as well. Although I, I, I'm, I am sick. I do have the COVID, so I had to, uh, I had to turn that off. But overall, the content is really, I would say it's the foundation of the channel and the content is mainly getting to know other people, providing a place where anyone can be themselves, and also the bigger picture is helping one another get through these hard times. Um, charity work. Whether that be charity work, whether that be, uh, we do everything as a community. It's a family. It's called the Madhouse family, and they mean the world to me. I wouldn't be where I'm at without them. What makes you so interested in Viking culture and stuff? So, uh, fun fact, I was actually interested in the Viking culture when I was 15. Uh, we was studying Greek mythology at the time in history class. It was about 8th or ninth grade. And around that time, when we stopped doing Greek mythology, we actually went over to Norse mythology, which I found out doing some research. It's not a common subject that's actually taught. No, it's not. Because of, because of all the things that is in the culture. And, you know, it was a short segment. It lasted about a week in class. But I started doing my research, and I became very fascinated with it. And then going into the military, getting out of it, finding out the, how much camaraderie is in Vikings, how much they carried themselves as warriors, it really reflected to me as a dis disabled veteran. It, you know, when it came to camaraderie, you know, um, always being the first, you know, to do, you know, always volunteering, always taking the initiative. And to go back to one of our questions, you said what I got out from the military, taking initiative. Big one. Taking the first step. A lot of people do not take that first step and regret the rest of their lives. So taking initiative. Um, but what really fascinates me about Vikings overall, I mean, it's not just the beards. It's not just the axes or raiding and pillaging and all the all, all that internet culture, TikTok shit. I was in the Vikings well beforehand, well before I had a beard and everything else. Like when I was in the military, I've studied so much of Norse mythology. I was watching YouTube videos. I was watching um, teachers teach classes. So, like, I think overall, I mean, I'm not Viking. I'm not Norwegian. I get that asked a lot. Um, I'm not Norwegian. I was born in the U.S. of A. and the state of Virginia on the East Coast. And um, my ancestry doesn't even go back to that. I'm actually, it goes back to Scotland. <laughs> so that's my family crest. Um, but I still admire the culture. Very much so. Every day, you know. What's going on, Marks? How Welcome you doing? Hey, Marks. Welcome on in. Um, would you like to share another one of your favorite military stories? Oh man, there's so many. Oh, I could do the Marne Plague. That's an interesting one. The Marne Plague, ladies and gentlemen. So the Marne Plague, ha, they called it uh, Door Explorers' uh, backpack full of goodies as well. What ended up happening? is there are these things called water buffaloes. It's a giant container where we fill up our camelbacks full of water to stay hydrated. Well, before they brought it out to the field, there was a dead rat inside the water buffalo. And instead of sanitizing it and cleaning it, they just took it out and filled it up. Just so happened that my company, and I actually it was the whole brigade, it was a brigade FTX, and the whole brigade got the Marn Plague. That's what we called it. And literally, that's what it was. Like, people were just getting sick, nauseous, headaches, uh, 
bleeding from places that you didn't even realize you could bleed from. Like it was just a whole bunch of nasty. Did you ever? And get we it? actually had to do it. Yes, I did. I didn't get the bad part. We actually had to do a nine line medivac. For those of you that don't know what that is, basically you're given the location and coordinates and the details of what has happened to an injured soldier. And we actually had to do a nine line medivac because there was two criticals that we had. It, it was rough, man. It was rough. But it was all because of that. We found out when we got back to post because we were out in the field for like two and a half months. We stink. We ran out of nicotine. If you don't know anything about the military, I'm telling you right now, if you want to know anything, nicotine is like you don't fuck with nicotine. When everyone runs out, it's a bad time, it, especially nicotine, the caffeine. Like, hold on. Where is it? Um, oh, yes. This right here. This nasty little can that I do. This right here, like, oh, you yeah. too, Grizzly. Mm-hmm. You guys are doing military stories? Oh, uh, we're doing military stories, and also any questions that anybody has for me in chat, because I don't know. I guess this podcast is about it's about the vet. You're the vet. I'm the vet. Yeah. I mean, I'm just the vet that's co-hosting this event. Yeah, he's co-hosting. <laughs> so I'll chime in with stories every now and don't again. Don't worry, when... your time will come. I'm sure you have interesting questions as well, Hawkeye. Because we've never really like down down to the needy greedy of stuff. Yeah, let's have a let's have a vet to vet question real quick here. One way. Yeah, I'm down for that. When was the closest time you actually got threatened with an Article 15? Ooh, can, we, any. can we elaborate what the Article 15 is real so, quick? An Article 15 is basically a counseling statement. It's like a slap on the wrist is what we called it. But really, it's documenting that you fucked up royally and they had to document it. But they hated doing paperwork. And that's why it ended up turning into a counseling. And Article 15 is like a big slap on the wrist because that's like on your army career. That's like getting a... Yo, go ahead. Okay, so Rex, I'll put this... I'll put this in very, very simple terms. So you have uh, you have things in the work, civilian workforce that are called uh, write-ups and your outright fire. Mm-hmm. Your counseling statement is your write-up. The Article 15 is they don't give you a chance to explain. You're gone. You're fired. That's a um, dishonorable as well. It can be. It could be extra duty. Yeah, the severity, like, yeah, it just depends. But that's what it is. Um, You're threatened with a company grade. Oh, when I I was threatened with an Article 15? Probably being late for PT. Ooh. I don't know. I never never got threatened with an Article 15 for being late for PT. Well, you do realize infantry. And you did, that is true. You, did have, you, did, you did not have my leadership, dude. My leadership was not fucking around. Like, they wanted us to be the best platoon in our company. Like, you know, fourth platoon, like, we fuck, we didn't fuck around, man. We were actually, fun fact, we were called heathens. That's where I got the idea of calling my community heathens when you follow the channel. It kind of tied so, in. So, yeah, fun fact. So, uh, you got a question in chat here. Um, uh, what unit were you with? Um, at the time, it was 2nd Brigade, 3-7 Infantry, Delta Company, 4th Platoon. So, 
what are the different companies and what are their purposes and stuff? So you had, okay, so you had Alpha Company, Bravo Company. Um, Bravo Company was like the main line infantry, but they did have side infantry companies. At least with, there's di- there's a whole thing that goes into this. Because it depends on what division you're in. It depends on if you're third ID or you're, like, it all depends on that. And also MOS is based. So, like, for me at Fort Stewart, the division I was in was an in- infantry division. So we also had Ooh. 11 Charlies, which was Mortarman. That was Charlie Company. So Delta Company was the heavy up-armored vehicles that did all the badass shit, shot the big guns and all that shit. And then you had Hotel Company that basically set up tents. Um, they would be a part of, you know, they would be like the lead on when it came to supplies and everything else for the entire, um, for the entire cough, which was, you know, 3-7. And you have like multiple, so, you have multiple of those like within the brigade. So for for me, uh, and I'll go ahead and answer uh, Vladimir's question here, yeah, as well. I was a with Bravo Company first in the first in the eleventh aviation. I was okay. air traffic control. Sham. For those of you that don't know what a sham job is, it means pog, which means person other than grunt. But go ahead. Here's also, it translates very well outside of the military. I mean, just because I love to as long wait, as you don't get hurt. Just because than grunt. Just saying, I got my blue cord still, man. Just because I love the way you describe it one way. Would you mind describing what air traffic control is? Because I love the way you describe so, it. <laughs> there's two different descriptions that I give. Do you go. want the funny? Or do you no, want the no more funny, serious? Funny. Always funny. Essentially, I get to tell I would get to tell officers what to do while they were flying their aircraft. <laughs> I bet you enjoyed the shit out of that. You fucking pogue. <laughs> you so, fucking pogue. <laughs> with uh with first and the eleventh, there you have Alpha through Delta Company. Uh, and you have a whole bunch of airfields within Fort Rucker. <laughs> so, and the companies actually control these airfields. But there was one company that actually had a uh, a different task. Don't worry, uh, don't worry about it. Keep going. Alpha Company actually took over the 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 airfields that had primarily Spanish speaking pilots coming through, mm. because they had uh, they had more people with uh, what's called a language modifier. So they on their basically ERBs. had a translator, basically. Yeah, they had people that could speak fluently. Yeah, so you guys had translators um, translators on. Yes. I was about to say on because set, within, but that doesn't make sense. Because <laughs> within air traffic control, I was at a base where we had other armies coming to train on our aircraft. Mm-hmm. I okay. still say to this day, though, the Air Force pilots are the worst ones to fucking deal with. I'm coffee all the way, Galleon. I'm not even going to type it out. So, I'm just saying. One way, have you ever had an air 
um, when you're air traffic control on your watch, have you ever had a, someone um, disappear? Yeah. <laughs> it was an Air Force pilot. Okay. It was over an hour from checking in, and we found him in Florida. Oh. Yes. That's fucking great. That's fucking awesome. I also um, had my first... my. This is kind of a, a, another side story. Uh, my first night as a rated controller. I was doing flight following. And I had an emergency get called up. CH-47 blew a hydraulic line and sprayed the pilot in the face. Ooh. Oh, my God. Um, let's see, what was I going to say? So, wait, just to clarify, like, this is a vet podcast, basically, first episode? Yep. Uh, okay! You're the first vet sure. on. Okay, sweet. All right. Um, I don't know, man. I'll, I'll, I'll say this much. Um... I think um I think it's I think it was funny that like when I was in we would be in the motor pool it'd be motor pool Monday so like after you do PT you go to the defac you get your breakfast you go back to your barracks change into your work uniform and then you know get to it dude I think the like you need so many uniforms man like buy extra uniforms than what they issue because holy shit dude like when they mean clean uniform it's so hard to have that mentality and that sop and that standard when you're doing motor pool work because you're getting shit all over your tan shirt your belt you know and everything else like the mechanics because like the driver's job on a humvee was to do pmcs to make sure that it was you know good you had to go in there you had to go to the mechanics you had to have them sign off on the paperwork for field and everything else like constantly constantly and let me tell everyone this if you're going in the military thinking the Humvees are going to be fucking badass, like the movies, you are mistaken horribly. These things are have pieces shocks. of shit. Absolutely, like the suspension shot. Like, dude, we've we've totaled so many Humvees. Oh my, dude! It, imagine, like, on a Humvee. <laughs> I'm sitting here right? wondering why I have back issues. Imagine on a Humvee, you're driving at night, right? And you have IR fucking headlights that don't work, even though the mechanics straight up stole you. Yeah, it's fine. And you're driving with nods, okay? You're thinking, man, you know, fucking video games and all that other stuff. That shit sucks, man. Because you have a convoy going, and, like, the max speed limit is, like, 15 miles an hour. It's usually, like, uh, 20 to 25 max, depending on, like, what the mission statement is. And, mm-hmm. you know, what that what's, you know, you talk about in your briefing. But when you're the lead convoy driver, and you have a TC next to you, let me explain the seats. You have a driver. You have the TC, which is truck commander, which tells you, okay, if he says turn left, you turn left. If he says break, you fucking break. If he says turn and right, you don't go pump right. the brakes either. No, you don't pump the brakes because then you fuck the guy in the turret. And, you know, there's a harness and all that shit. But anywho, nods is literally one nod. It's not fucking splinter cell. All right. It's one nod. Oh, like this, also. Just your eye. And you're just like, it's terrible. And especially if the also, moon's not out. Field of oh. view. Field of view sucks wearing nods. Oh, yeah. Like, you can adjust the nod you to your sight. Yeah. Like, you literally have, like, a tunnel vision. 
It's literally a like circular tunnel vision. That's all you get. So yeah, that sucked. I I will say driving at night when there's no like lighting from the moon sucked. Like it's just okay. In utter darkness. Okay, I need to uh, clarify something here. Oh, so Air Force pilots when they're doing rotary wing, I don't like dealing with them. Huh? Air Force pl- pilots doing fifty <laughs> by all means. Send that galleon. <laughs> I think the worst thing, I think one of the coolest things I got to do when I was in the army was train with Canadians. Dude, those guys are awesome. They actually get to grow their beards. You saw them in the defect. They had beards and we're just all doing this with like clean shaved faces. I miss. Like (laughs) the entire time, like that's what I didn't hate. I hated shaving, like field shaving. What field shaving was, you had a a canteen and a canteen holder. It's like a fucking metal container for your canteen. You fill that up with water. And it's cold ass water, and you get a razor, and you dip, you splash it around, and field shaving, no shaving nope. cream, cream, no shaving cream. It's cold as balls. It's like thirty degrees outside, or it's hot as hell, and and you're just you all you're doing is this, and you're hoping you don't miss anything. And I'm talking like acne out the ass because my unit was all about war paint. Oh my god, our battalion commander, Cotton Baylor's by God who. He was all about the war paint, man. He was all about the face paint, covering your ears, covering your face. Acne was awful. Like it was an SOP, and they would give you they would give you the fill paint to put on your face. Oh, it was it was bad. And like, there's nothing man, badass about it. This man has war paint just for his stream. I do, honestly. <laughs> I'm surprised my acne. I guess my skin just like fucking. I used adapted. to have to keep. Uh, I used to have to keep uh, when I was when I was permanent party. Uh, just because of the stress of the job, I had stress outbreaks with acne. So oh, yeah. I used to have to keep, oh, I used yeah. to have to keep, uh, acne pads on pretty heavy stock. Another advice, if you're going in the military, change your fucking socks. Baby oh, yeah. powder is your best friend. <laughs> Especially if you're going in the infantry and you're doing long rock marches. Like, honest to God, I love rock marches. And don't I listen to the NCOs when they tell you to put your boots in the shower because that no wait, works. Wait. Oh yeah, yeah, they said that in basic. Wait, hold on, wait, that... what? Okay, I'll let I'm gonna let Hawkeye take the reins on this one because it so, is I the the first boots that you're issued, and I still miss those fucking boots because after Mid- they broke in, after Mid- they Mid- broke in, after they broke in, don't get me wrong, they weren't as good as my freaking blackhawks were mine had a metal shard at the tip of my big toe and i got infected during basic i don't know what it was if it was a deficient boot but oh my god so i hated those are they steel tube are they steel toe boots no so like here's the thing dude like when you're going to get fitted before you actually go to basic because here's the thing on the compound like you don't just go into basic and have drill sergeants yell at you you go to this like separate area where they outfit you, they give you your gear, your TA-50 gear, and then you have to mm-hmm. return it after basic training. So during that process, when they're fitting you with boots, there are they are the worst people ever. Oh my god, CIF? Holy shit, CIF person. What size are you? Uh, this. Yeah. Here. Yeah, they just throw it at you. Like, they literally slap me in the face. Like, they don't, there's no time, and the drill sergeants are they like... Had a hard time, they had a hard time fitting me for my patrol cap. 
Oh yeah, mine was uh, <laughs> mine was my PC and uh, my boots. Like those were like the two things that really fucked with me. So like, the belts and everything. No. So the boots, I never had an issue with, but everybody that the the reception uh, drill sergeant, yeah, said, put your boots in the shower and run run hot water up. No, no, you don't do it. Yes, yes, it does make the leather a little bit more malleable, but it also shrinks the leather. And we did it. I did it, and it, it, I, I, I paid for it. I had blisters on my feet. Um, I did change my socks. I did do that. I learned that very quickly. Like there was a guy who almost had his foot amputated. Like it is a serious thing when you're because you wear the tire boots very like you know tight, and your uniform protocol depending on if you're doing combatives. Or if you're in a heat cat five where you loosen like your pants, like your pants go inside the boot. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I do miss anything about the uniform, I miss having, um, I miss the cargo pockets. The dude, no, I have cargo jeans. I fucking love cargo. Like having that extra space. I love that. I miss, uh, having my patch right here. Like I had, I had my Marn handbook right here. I had SOPs. Um, I had my cat card like right here, um, that pocket on your chest. I have my cat card right there, which is our military ID. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, they oh, had and- bottom pockets right here and I had hand sanitizer to just make me stay awake. Like, that's what we did. Like, I don't advise it. It's a health thing. Don't do it. But that's what we did. And basic, like it got so bad. We literally stayed up for 76 hours. I've did that three times in my military career, 76 hours. You could not sleep. It was if you go to sleep, you're woke up in the most embarrassing way possible. Embarrassing, getting smoked. Uh, Yeah. So (laughs) it is absolutely brutal. But I remember I I fucked up once. I I fucked up once we were in classroom training. Oh, I hated classroom training. Death by PowerPoint. Yeah. Okay. For those of you that don't understand this, PowerPoints in the military suck because we literally got to do that and we like we were exhausted. I mean, you think about it. 0630 is when they raise the flag, and that's when PT goes, right? For us, PT was two and a half hours long because they were doing fat camps and other things because of military obesity that was going on uh, with military personnel. You were exhausted, and you had to work the entire day. Like We worked up to 1,700 hours, which is 5 p.m., I'm telling you right now, if it was a PowerPoint day, dude, monsters. Energy drinks, again, energy drinks, nicotine. And even then, when you're in an AC unit and you're used to being out in the field sweating your balls off, like you fall your asleep. Your body doesn't know how to your body doesn't know how to react to it, so yeah. it doesn't. Now, what... here's the here's the one story that they used to tell us. And I know you've told me my job's a sham was a sham job, but because <laughs> Oh, I'm just, that's, facilities. Me, that's me giving you shit as a grunt. I know, I know, so. I know, but the, the, the facilities that we would use to control air traffic were AC, had AC oh, in them. Like, of course you guys did. Well, here's the thing. They always used to tell us the AC ain't for you. It's for the computers. Heavy air quotes. Very heavy. 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 I can't really see that very heavy. 
I mean, the server, like, the server room and stuff like that does get, like, hot. Especially, I mean, you're tra- when it comes to military equipment, again, like, your expectations are going to be way higher than when you actually experience it. Because military equipment, like, whether it's your TA-50, your um, Kevlar, uh, which mm-hmm. the Kevlar padding... Can we just talk about like doing an entire month and a half or two and a month, two and a half months of just nothing but field training? You get back and dude, the smell. You haven't showered. Like you had, we had baby wipes. Like they recommended getting baby, but that didn't do shit, dude. It got to the point where like you get back. Oh my God, you're just covered in it. You want to talk about doing laundry? Even with extra uniforms? That was weird. Oh my God. <laughs> um, when you talk about when you talk about having to forego uh basic hygiene for um it's literally living out in the woods that's the best way to put it especially for an infantryman like you dig a foxhole which is usually the sop for it is you want to make it as deep and as wide as your rucksack or even mm-hmm. deeper sometimes and i made little shelves that's what i did in basic and that was georgia clay georgia clay in fort benning Dude, like, yeah, and me and my buddy got fucked because we had to set up a we had we had to set it off a perimeter, and when you set up those perimeters, you know you get a, your battle buddy next to you, and you make the foxholes where your foots can touch each other, overlap. So if one falls asleep, you can like double tap, or if they see something, you can double tap without verbally doing it. And uh, I remember I made shells for my MREs. Like, oh, I made it fancy. I mean, if I'm sucking, if oh. I'm sucking, I'm making it fancy. Kari, who would you like to answer this question? Because I know Brent and I have been going back and forth here. I say both of you fuckers. Ha! Do you ever wish you joined a different branch of the military? Fuck no. You have to... Well... Okay, let me... No. I I was was born to be an infantryman. Why do you think the Viking in me is so... Like, my ASVAB score was shit. Like, I hated the ASVAB. I hate time tests. Like, literally, the infantry was made for me. Just be a brute, work out, blow shit up. Come home, sleep, do it all over. Come home, sleep, put nicotine in. That's what, that like, grunts, me being a grunt, we are filled by nicotine, rage, and a whole lot of energy drinks to keep you going throughout the day. There was no coffee. So for me, it really, it really depended on the day. Mm-hmm. There, there, there were days where my 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 NCOs were just fucking on on oh, something else. Leadership or on oh something. They were on something else. Uh, I had an E seven one time that micromanaged me to the point where, uh, y- you've heard of the radius rule, right? Yep. You're allowed to go so far outside of base before yep. having to ha- get a pa- get a pass or yeah. take leave. Yeah. I had to let him know if I was going 30 minutes away. Oh yeah, like some I've I've heard of that uh before um when it comes to that and yeah, for those of you that don't know, if you so you get leave days that you build up. And that is w- that's a, within our LES and all that other military shit. Um, but if you want to like travel, because there's a certain perimeter around the military compound, usually, usually it's like 250. 
give or take. Wow. Yeah, no, not for us. We had a 50-mile. You got 50-mile radius. That's it. You had 50 miles. Yeah. Here's the thing. With but, where I was stationed, the because the base commander is the one that sets the actual radius. Yeah. Um. So with where I was stationed, if I wanted to go somewhere, let's say one, we we had a three day weekend one weekend, yeah. and you know I wanted to go up to Tennessee just to see. I missed three day weekends. Get, I could actually get to Tennessee without breaking the two hundred and fifty mile radius. That a boy. That a boy. <laughs> Um, so, hey, Hawkeye, for you, to, what branch? What branch? If you had to choose... I, if you, I, if toggled, you I toggled between... And this is what I originally joined, anyhow. I toggled between the Air Force and the Army. Did just you go so Air happened, Force first? No. So you was just I Army? To lunch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but my the recruiter I had in the Army... I swear to God, if I ever encounter encounter him again, I'm buying his ass a beer. Oh my God! Um, because he be didn't bullshit me. My mine would be the opposite because I did get bullshit. I had nothing but infantry recruiters, so I was fucked. I had three options for MOSs. It was Cav Scout. Thank God, dude. You know, Cav Scout's way more badass than infantry every day of the week. Those guys are crazy. It was Cav Scout Infantry and MP, which I have another terminology for it, but I'm not going to say. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I chose Infantry. He's like, okay, if you choose Infantry, you will. He's like, they were straight up. They're like, okay, this MOS, you go in, you shoot people. That's what you're going to be doing. That's literally like the, that's all he said. He said, all right, we'll make you a killer. That, that's what I was told. And I was Jesus. like, okay, I'll go do it. Fuck it. So, and, and then I did it. Um, Here's my... I, I need to circle back here real quick, because I have another piece of advice to add on to uh, Brent's uh-huh. here about people wanting to join the military. Right. Oh, okay. Take take somebody with you that has served, because we you hear stories about from, from veterans about how they got screwed over by their recruiter. I call recruiters car salesmen. Retention NCOs are used car salesmen. <laughs> um, and there's a reason I use that analogy, but I'll let Rex. <laughs> I, Rex. I have What's a up, I have a question for both of you. Now, okay. when you guys left the military, I know a lot of vets have different things and stuff. But did you guys ever take anything that you guys weren't supposed to with you out as a souvenir? That's confidential. Well, I will say this: the CIF guy let me get away. Uh, let me get away with uh, not turning in a canteen cup. That's confident. I'm not saying it's confidential. And uh, I will not say that I and did. Finance or did. <laughs> and finance didn't charge me for it. I did get away with some CIF when uh, transitioning out. Because uh, when you get out of the military, you have to turn in. So basically, how it works is they give you TA fifty gear. It is your basic gear they give you in the military. It comes with, you know, your uh, flick, which is your FLC. Uh, it comes with your, um, you know, your body armor, your Kevlar, uh, goggles you've never used. Um, it comes with, uh, oh, my God, mop so fit, much. Mop, mop gear. Canteen, mop gear. Oh, my God, mop gear. Holy <sighs> shit. 
dude. Okay, y'all who don't know what mock gear is, it's what this the gear you wear when tear gas, like radiation, oh. like all that shit. Dude, wearing that on top of what you're already wearing, and it's like fucking cat three show. outside. Which cat three? There's different heat waves of categories, which is they use in the civilian world. If you don't know what it is, look it up. Uh, it yeah, it sucks. Like they actually use tear gas during um our trainings and pre-deployment trainings and everything else. Oh my god, dude, it was a motherfucker. Like wearing your fucking gas mask and just oh, just everything. Like I driving, can relate it, to that because that's why I have to at work. I have to wear a so, respirator and a full-on hazmat suit. So, um, I actually got a question for you, but dude. before I get to this question. And I'll I'll share mine if you share yours. Uh, before you answer this question, I'll explain this uh, uh, this analogy here. Okay. Uh, the reason I call recruiters car salesmen is because you don't go into the military broken, so you got to get sold on the best de- best job that they can try and sell you on. Facts. Facts. Yep. Now you've served a few years in the military. It might be a little bit broken down. Retention NCO gets his whole, gets a hold of you. He's got to try to keep you in. It's like a mechanic. I like the mechanic. It's like, <laughs> hey, it's like, hey, look at this used vehicle you have, but but look at this and the possibilities. And then you see, go to reenlistment ceremonies, and I mean, it, it is an honor to reenlist at the same time. Like everyone, like you serve with, is screaming for that DD two fourteen. I don't care who you are; everybody screams for it. I only got to serve one contract, and for even just a guy like me, because of the way they do PT or did it back then, I added like fifteen years of my life. Like, like I'm older. Like I might be in my mid twenties now. But my body and my mind is like 15, 20 years. And that's just one term. That's one contract. Without I served, I served just over three years. Yeah, mine was uh, uh, three years, 17 weeks. But yeah. No, one way. Would you have um, re-entered um, the, mil- the military if it wasn't for your disability? Yeah, Hawkeye. If I, if I had choice... It- if I had choice of duty station, nope. then maybe. Nope. You know that's bullshit. We all know it is. They give you those options. They're like, oh, man, we got Japan. Oh, I fucked myself. We have Hawaii. We have Germany. And then you choose one. Myself. And then they send you to fucking Missouri. <laughs> I fucked myself on that one. Because they gave us the, the, you need three stateside, three Oconus. Yeah. I put Germany, Italy, and South Korea. Guess what I got original orders to? South Korea. But this also leads into uh, this my question. I was going to be. Oh, well, what's your question, though? All right, go ahead. Funniest AIT story. I mean, AIT. So we're talking about a... we're talking about the the back half of your O set. I was the lightest guy. When we had to do obstacle courses and you know how you have to like, they, they had those uh, teamwork building. Um, yeah. So you had two platforms that you got given a rope. You got given a med basket and some D rings, figure it out. 
one guy needs to get across. But every, like everyone's got to get across, but this guy's got to get across as well. I was the lightest. Dude, this thing was a little bit higher than what I expected. Oh, I I <laughs> dropped like a sack of taters. Like, oh, oh my god. Like they're like, "No, it's secured, man." Like everyone like those two of the biggest guys making sure that I was going to get across, and I'm like, "Okay, I might be the lightest, but you're putting the heaviest weights on one in front of me and one behind me. And that's how you guys are going to pull me across when I'm already light. You're putting that much weight already on it. I was like, well. You could have no, used a couple mid-sized guys. I mean. Infantrymen. <laughs> so. True. So. That's what happened. And I fell. And we had to redo it. And then we made it across. But. I, God, dude. AIT. Like I said, a lot of it's a blur. Um. Damn, man. Like, I actually, okay, and this was every Ruck March. It was during a Ruck March, there was a guy that was sucking bad. So a Ruck March is basically a giant backpack you put on you, and it comes with two kinds of straps. It comes with a belt strap that you can belt, you know, you can buckle in around your waist, and it comes with a chest strap that's a little tiny, like, you know, backpack little, you know, clicker thing. And Um, it's supposed to help distribute the weight. Uh, this is where it gets good. Bullshit. <laughs> uh, bullshit so on that the, one. The SOP was your ruck had to weigh 215 pounds. Oh. This was for a 24-mile ruck march. Oh. Now, on top of that, full battle rattle. Full battle rattle means Kevlar, <laughs> iPro, fucking your body armor, you had your flick on. You had you had to carry your rifle and everything. Does not sound like a fun time there. Like full battle rattle alone adds about I'd say eighty five pounds. And then you're adding another like two hundred pounds. And you're I'm already carrying two hundred and fifteen, so now I'm at two hundred and ninety five pounds, close to three hundred, not Jesus. including my own weight. So I I mean I love drug marches. I play movies in my head. That's the that's where the funny story how it comes in. Like, everybody, like, looked at me, and they're like, okay, is this guy a fucking robot? Like, I didn't complain. I was sweating. I mean, my body sucked, but I'm like, just, just you know, carrying my rifle, you know, just strolling along. And you had to keep a certain distance between, like, each other. Like, one lane would be over here, one lane would be over here. The shitty part was the daisy chain effect. And that's when, oh. like, one side slows down, then speeds up again, slows down, speeds up again. Now, that shit sucked. So the story that goes behind all of that is that happened to me and I was last man because they had me at the front originally, but they knew that I was going to make it. So the guy on the right side of the road, we, we did this on uh, tank trails and we was on the left side. The other guy, the other you know line was on the right. This guy, dude, I could see him sucking. It got to the point where I dragged him. Like I'm, I have my rifle right here and I'm dragging him. Like I'm forcing him. He's like this. And granted, he was carrying the 240 Bravo. I was carrying the M4. So I literally got to the point where I carried the 240 Bravo and the M4 and dragged his ass. And the 240 Bravo is around 26.5 pounds compared to the M4, which is roughly between 13 to 14 pounds. Um, so, yeah, a lot of fucking weights already on me, dude. Like, this guy was like a – he was a tubby, man. He was a big boy. <laughs> so my funniest story. It, I was. Uh, I wouldn't say that's funny. I, I was technically. I, I was technically on convalescent leave <laughs> after my ACL ACL reconstruction. 
And my ACL reconstruction is the only reason I didn't go to South Korea. Oh, that's... They rescinded my, they rescinded my orders because I couldn't travel. Oh. Damn, dude. You're talking about sucking with orders and everything, man. At least you didn't go from betting to go to Atlanta International Air Flight and then fly over to fucking Stewart. <laughs> it was the shortest flight of my... I'm like, are you, you shitting me? I bus. Dude, that's what we were saying, but Uncle Sam was paying it, so fuck it. There was like six <laughs> of us. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm going to Stewart. I said, I chose Germany, I chose South Korea, and I chose uh, Japan. And then in-state, I chose um, Gordon. No, not Gordon. Um, What was it? I chose... What was it? Jackson, I think? Yeah, it was Jackson, uh, Fort Bliss... And then Fort Carson. Ooh. But I ended up in the same fucking state, dude. Georgia sucks. If you live in Georgia in chat, guess what? You already know. The humidity and everything, terrible. Terrible. So Awful. So <laughs> I hated it. I was sitting in the day room just watching TV because I, I was tired of staring at a brick wall. Right. I'd rather watch cra- crappy daytime TV than uh, than do then stare at a brick wall and attempt to play a game on, on my laptop. So, um, the whole command team, I'm talking the platoon sergeants, commander, XO, first sergeant are doing walkthroughs of the bottom floor because there's a change getting ready to take place. Uh, so they're trying to retrofit for this change. Uh, people that are were in fourth platoon come back from and to get ready for lunch. Yeah, and they they get a chance to sit sit in the break or the day room and cool off for a little bit because this is summer in southern Alabama. Ooh. I loved Alabama, man. I lo- I would move to Alabama. All that greenery. I'm not trying to interrupt, but my God, Alabama's beautiful. So. One of the one of the people notices uh, notices the the, X, the XO and they calls the, the the room to attention. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting here with it drilled into my mind. I have to hobble my broken ass up on on crutches. Oh, the XO, the platoon sergeants, the company commander, and the first sergeant all look at me. And this is where you're going to hear my last name. They go, Lucas, sit your ass. Back down now. And everybody in the room is just like, why the fuck does he get to do this? Because he's on convalescent leave and fucking injured. (laughs) (laughs) There's a couple instances like this. I fucking love it, man. It was nighttime and my platoon sergeant came through just to check up on check up on everything right he looks at me and he looks at me outside the window and just points at me and goes down keep seated pops his head in through the window everybody goes at ease and i'm just Jesus, man i hated that shit like dude drill sergeants are ninjas <laughs> 
They are ninjas, <laughs> man. They are like even Exos, the, even the higher command. I'll never forget being in field and a two-star general at pre-deployment Fort Polk walks strolls right past me. And I didn't call it because, like, I didn't see his rank on his chest, which was the hardest thing in the military. Because literally, you'd be going to the defect, and if you're outside, constantly, morning, sir, morning, sir, morning, sir, morning, sir, morning, sir, morning, sir. Oh, how's it going? Like, message. Like, yeah, like, it was just constant on post, man. Constantly. I'm and, looking at the time, and we've actually went over I a little know. bit. Shit, my bad. No, it's okay. I was really going to say we need to wrap this up soon. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, we do need to wrap this up soon. Um, Brent, any yeah. final words you'd like to say? About what? <laughs> uh, in general, I guess. Um, When it comes to the military, man, I mean, like I said, overall, I mean, it was an enjoyable experience. I did have some down, t- you know, there was, there was a lot of times where it was like, Bad, there's bad and good times in life, but overall, I mean, again, it made me who I am today. So, you know, I, I think that's a plus. And I've, you know, I think, I think meeting people in the veteran community, especially on Twitch, it, uh, it has helped me immensely. Like, I didn't even know there was vets that play video games for a living like me. I, I didn't even know that was existed when I first started streaming. So, I think it's really neat. Um, I, I found a team known as Team Regiment. Uh, I talk to them occasionally. Um, there's people that talk to me in DMs, you know, battle blade checks, making sure they're adapting, transitioning to civilian life uh, to those that just recently got out, especially those have been in like 15 plus years. It's fucking difficult, but uh, you can get through it. On a positive note, you can achieve what you want to, but you need to have a plan. Don't always look at the end goal, but enjoy the journey. That's what I'll wrap it up with. And then, um, Brent, out of curiosity, what vet would you like to see on this podcast? What veteran would I like to see on this podcast? Shell Vet Tech. That's already in the works. That's in the works. Um, (laughs) If possible, which I think it could be, uh, and Sandy, welcome. I could talk to him. I think he would be, uh, yeah, I would love to see Sandy welcome on here. I he, know him a little bit. I just don't know him very well. I, I know him. I know him very I mean, well. Eventually, he, eventually I need to branch out to people I don't know very well. So it works out. <laughs> um, There's, I mean, y- y- there's a lot out there, man. I know I mean, there's shit. I have like, a few in the got, works. You got, you got, you got Katarian, you got me, you got Hawkeye, you got Shellback. Uh, you got Sandy Welcome, Dead Sea Pool. Um, although you know he's been going through a rough time. Uh, Savage Vet. Um, I know him. Uh, he could probably. Do I know it. him pretty well. Um, well, there's. I could reach out to Team Regiment as well. See if uh, there's any vets that would like to be a part of something. Well, bigger. Dead Sea Pool is one of the people that we have um, already on the schedule, cool. possibly soon. Okay, but I could reach uh, yeah. out to. I could reach out and see if there's any vets that would want to do this. Absolutely. All right. Uh, one Thank way you for is, having me. Anything you'd like to end on one way? Uh, thank you for your service, all the way. Um, as well, anybody in yeah, chat? Both or... of you, thank you for your service as well. So, was, one other no thing problem. that like uh, that the military actually taught me is 
try not to always have a plan, but do not try to plan existential amount of time ahead. Have contingency plans. There you go. I was just contingency to plans and don't plan, but maybe five steps ahead. I plan like two steps because it, the plan always changes. Uh, execute is my advice. Execute, execute, execute. Do not procrastinate. Don't don't come up with this giant idea that you want. Just do it. Just literally execute it. Document it. Document it. And then just keep doing that. And you will take you farther in life than ever before. But anyways. All right. Rex. Yep. Is there anything that you want to add? You're Um, the host, yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on, Brett, and and I appreciate you agreeing to be the co-host one way. That's no problem. No problem. Told you I'd be down to help any way I could. I know. Yeah, it's stuff for like ass, but I mean, but <laughs> it's not really mentally straining to um, like do something but like this. But by the way, guys, um, the podcast will be on every other Saturday. Stoogie, not on Sundays, but we had a hiccup yesterday. We had a, we had a hiccup. <laughs> Are you guys talking about me? Or I'm talking about both of you. Okay, to be fair, I've had COVID. All right, I've been I've been feeling like ass, and I don't even know what day it is anymore. Like, um, oh, uh, so if I remember correctly, the next podcast should be February fifth. There you go. I, I think? think that's what we agreed on. I will say this much, Rex. Uh, if you need any help, um, I can. I have some ideas uh, for your podcast. I'd like to talk to you about at some point and right. uh, improve improve quality of certain things um, just to really help you out, man. Cause I, I, I like this idea of, you know, bringing vets on. I think it's a great idea to have a co-host as be, being a veteran, whether it's Hawkeye, me, or one of your close friends that also just so happens to be a disabled vet or a veteran, because there's a lot of, uh, you know, when, when it comes to like, we were able to bring just, out a lot more of the stories. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot more relatable See, things, you know. We'll say this, and I'll say this, and we can wrap things up. It, it, yeah. it takes because if it was just a one-on-one, I know for me, it would be a lot harder to share some of the stories mm. without somebody there that actually knows something about it. Yeah, that can kind of cue in and go. It makes oh. it more comfortable. I'll say that because, you know, and also I'm thanking you, even though you thank us for a service and everything. I appreciate that. Just thank you for putting this uh, out there. Uh, thank you for putting that out there, dude. Like seriously, now more than ever, uh, I'm not going to talk about the pandemic too much, but I will say uh, there are veterans that are alone out there. And I, you know, I, I'm, I, I do support, you know, the awareness of 22 a day. Um, I believe it got knocked down to 21. Um, I'm not sure. I'd have to double check the, uh, that's amazing check it up but um there are a lot of vets out there man that are alone and we have so many stories dude we love cracking jokes and i think what you're trying to do here is amazing i think it will um pop off uh in the long terms of things and i think you'll naturally get better at it you know like it's good to have a set of questions and everything but i think you'll naturally just start mm-hmm. getting better um, when hosting these kinds of things and be more comfortable. 
But anyways, all right. This is all have a great day. We are going to raid out of the podcast to KGM. He is live right now. Oddly enough, his title is uh, his title is set to what podcast do you guys listen to? So, oh, a podcast <laughs> is just going to raid into him. Fair enough. Thank you guys for being here uh, from all communities, whether it's mine, Hawkeyes, Rex's, or Shellback Techs. Um, hey, I appreciate and, everyone coming you know, as well. Yeah, thank you guys for listening in. Hopefully you, um, I don't know, I hope you guys enjoyed it. We will be back uh, with this, uh, with Asylum of Arms Episode 2 on February 5th, I believe. That should be it. <laughs> You're good, man. You're good. Let's raid it out. Let's get everybody raid with us. It's a great way to support, you know, other people. Love We're raiding to my great friend, KGM. Roger that. Yes. Love you, Paradox. And rage starting.